It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shoei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked on Reds podcast here on this Taco Tuesday. My name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. On today's show, we're going to preview the series with the Atlanta Braves as the Reds come back home to Great American Ballpark, and we're going to take a look at a piece that Doug Gray wrote over at RedsMinorLeagues.com about how the Reds player development has gone ever since two, you know 2012 to 2018. But if you are a first timer to the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcasting app, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or Himalaya. Also, make sure to check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and then look up Locked On Reds. Dot com for even more great content. So, to begin today's episode, we're going to talk about the series with the Atlanta Braves. The Braves come into Cincinnati with a record of 10 or 11 and 10, 11 wins, 10 losses. They're second in the National League East. And really, it's going to be a strength versus strength sort of thing with the Braves and the Reds because the Reds are tied with the San Francisco Giants for second lowest ERA in the National League. That's right. The Reds are tied for second lowest earned run average by their pitching staff in the National League at 3.22. Meanwhile, the Braves are the fourth best in the National League at scoring runs. They have 114 runs scored thus far into the season, and they are the best team when it comes to batting average with a 266 clip and on base percentage at 360. So the Braves know how to get the runs in, and so far at least, the Reds have been able to prevent the runs. In fact, looking at the statistics, 
The Reds are tied with the Pittsburgh Pirates for the least amount of home runs allowed in the National League. They've only allowed 17 home runs so far this season. So it's going to be a huge test for the Reds in these next three games. They're going to see Kevin Gossman, Mike Soroka, and most likely Julio Tehran. Right now, the probable starter for Thursday is listed as TBD, but that would be the fifth day for Tehran. So taking a quick overview of the stats for the three probable starters, Kevin Gosman comes into the series with a 2.75 ERA. He is boasting a 3.09 FIP, so according to that, he's getting just slightly lucky. He does have 22 strikeouts on the season compared to just six walks, so he's keeping good control of his pitches around the zone. Mike Soroka has only pitched in one game, but it was a five-inning outing. He only gave up one earned run with four hits, six strikeouts, and two walks. So this will just be his second game of the season. And then on Thursday, with probably looking at Tehran pitching for Atlanta, he's got a 5.61 ERA, a FIP of 5.00. So he's getting slightly unlucky, according to that. And he's got 29 strikeouts. He does have 14 walks, though, so he looks to be in and around the zone and sometimes out of it, too. The big question will be how the Reds' pitching deals with the Braves' hot bats. And I'm talking about their two big ones in the middle of the lineup in Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman. Both those guys are just absolutely Nutso, and in a good way. Acuna is batting 307. He's got a 429 on base percentage, and he's slugging 600, just knocking the cover off of the ball. Freddie Freeman, meanwhile, is batting 316, a little bit better than Acuna, a 443 on base percentage, not quite slugging as much, you know, 481 slugging, but still very good numbers. And then even when you look at the lineup, one of the sneaky good players in that Atlanta Braves lineup is Dansby Swanson, as he has the second most homers on the team and the most RBIs. He's got five home runs and 20 RBIs, does the Braves every day shortstop. Now, it will be interesting to see how the Reds play the Braves in 2019. The Braves may or may not, you know, not being a division foe, they may not have any sort of chip on their shoulder. But last season in 2018, the Reds actually scored more runs against the Braves than they did any non-National League Central division team. They scored 42 runs against Atlanta. That's more than any other team outside of their division. So they didn't have too much of a problem, you know, knock on wood, hitting Braves pitching. We'll see if they can continue what they kind of got going in San Diego. Like I mentioned, they didn't really hit for average super well, but they were knocking the ball out of the ballpark. Maybe they can put it all together, manufacture runs when they need to, and hit the long ball when they can, and we'll see a complete offensive series against the Braves. Meanwhile, for the Reds, it will be nice to see the pitching continue its hot start for the Reds in the three games, you know, starting on Tuesday night, they will have Sonny Gray 
go out there. He's still looking for his first win of the season. He's got a 2.79 ERA on the year, but he's 0-3. Talk about a tough luck, dude. And then on Wednesday, going for the Reds will be Tanner Rourke, the only pitcher not named Luis Castillo in the starting rotation to have a win. He's 1-0 with a 3.6 ERA. And on Thursday, Anthony DiSclefani is slated to start. His last outing was of the six-inning variety, only giving up two hits and one earned run while striking out six in San Diego. So we'll see if he can build on that start and continue to give the Reds front office some headaches where it concerns with the return of Alex Wood. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. We'll see what happens on Thursday. Real quick, a reminder, check out the Locked On MLB podcast. Sully Baseball brings to you the entire league in just around 15 minutes each and every day. Got a lot of great takes and a lot of great insight. He actually is a comedian and sort of things like that. So he's got a really fresh way of presenting Major League Baseball to you. That's Locked On MLB, hosted by Sully Baseball. You can catch it on all the different podcasting platforms with which the Locked On Reds podcast resides. Check it out. Let's talk a minute about BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has an introductory offer for the Locked On Reds listeners. You just go to BlueChew.com, blue com and enter promo code MLB for a free introductory offer. You just pay $5 in shipping, and it gets sent straight to your door. What BlueChew is, is a generic form of Viagra. It has the same... You know, the same uh, active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, and it's in a chewable form, so it works faster. It's the kind of thing that if you want a performance boost in the bedroom, it's going to get you what you want in a quick way. That's bluechew.com. Enter promo code MLB for a free introductory offer. BlueChew.com is a sponsor of the Locked On Reds podcast, and we thank them for sponsoring today's episode. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. It's Tuesday, and my name is Jeff Carr. Thanks again for listening. I teased in the first bit of the podcast that we were going to talk about a post by Doug Gray on RedsMinorLeagues.com. That's the website he happens to have founded, by the way. But he wrote a post about the Reds' development of their young players, how they've been doing it ever since 2012 up until 2018. Kind of hard to grade what they've done with the most recent draft picks as they weren't expected to make any sort of impact right away anyway. But really, looking at what the Reds have done from 2012 through 2017, for sure, it it was a little bit eye-opening, and not in a good way. In fact, it was a study done that they showed how good each organization is at developing their own in-house talent. You know, we always hear the saying, the Reds are a small market ball club. They can't go out and sign the big free agents like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox or something like that. So they've got to develop from within. Well, if that is your mandate, if that is what you live and die on, then you got to be good at it. According to this study, the Reds are actually the third worst team. The only two teams that are worse than the Reds at developing their own players are the Miami Marlins, who we've seen how they are this year. They're the first team that the Reds swept. And the Chicago White Sox. In fact, the White Sox 
according to this study, they, they assign dollar values on how the player development has affected each team. And according to this number they've assigned, it's like minus 300-something million that it's cost the White Sox in their development. It's cost the Reds, according to this study, $182 million worth of value, which, you know, it, it, it assigns these dollar values. And just for comparison, it says that the Dodgers are the team when it comes to best developing their own talent, which is ironic because we loop them in with the big market clubs who are able to go out and get free agents. But according to this study, they're actually really good at developing their own players because they're the best at it. And they have generated $464 million in value according to their ability to develop players. So that just kind of shows you, according to this study, the Reds have lost $182 million. So it's almost a $500 million difference in the player development from the Reds to the Dodgers. And I say all that to say this. It's concerning because the Reds have hit... And, you know, we're still waiting on Sinzel to finally be called up and play every day. We're waiting on Taylor Trammell in the next coming years and Hunter Green in a few years. But it's telling that none of the Reds' top top draft picks from 2012 to 2017 are on the major league roster and are everyday players. Because some of the guys are just phenomenal. In fact... Doug looks at it in his post, and I won't go line by line by the post. I definitely implore you to check it out at RedsMinorLeagues.com. But Dave, you know, Doug mentions, he's going to kill me when I talk to him later this week, and I almost called him Dave. But Doug mentions that the Reds picked Andrew Benintendi in the amateur draft right out of high school. In 2013, they picked him in the 31st round. Benintendi didn't end up signing the contract, and he went to college. And, of course, then he was a first-round pick by the Red Sox. But they drafted Benintendi, didn't sign him. Then they also drafted Matthew Boyd in the 14th round a couple years later. Matthew Boyd, if you don't know him, that's a pretty basic name, but he is a starting pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. But Andrew Benintendi is worth seven and a half wins above replacement right now in his career. Matthew Boyd is worth four wins above replacement at this point in his career. Just a cumulative way of describing the value of both these players. And when you put those two together, they are worth more than all of the Reds' first-round draft picks and international free agent signings of you know international prospects worth more than all of them put together from 2012 through 2017. That is just phenomenal. It's kind of, you know, hard to predict that sort of a thing because that's just really crazy that when you put Benintendi and Matthew Boy, two guys that the Reds picked out of high school but they didn't sign, they chose to go to college, and they end up are more valuable than any of the Reds' first-round picks for those six years. It's just absolutely phenomenal to me. And something that we'll need to watch now because the Reds did make wholesale changes when it comes to the guys at the top of their player development program in the front office. They moved some guys around, gave new titles to guys, and we're, we're going to see how that all plays out in the coming years. Obviously, that's not something you can evaluate very quickly. 
That's one of the funny things about baseball. You know, we always say that it's not a knee-jerk reaction sport. There is nothing more telling than prospect development in baseball because, I mean, when we talk about Hunter Green, he was the first-round pick two years ago, but because he came straight out of high school, he's not expected to make an impact. I mean, if, if he was completely healthy, he would not have been expected to make an impact until late next year if, if health is fine, if performance is fine, all that good stuff. Maybe 2021 now maybe even 2022. It's just, it's hard to predict player development in baseball. It's something completely different from football and basketball. And the Reds have not been good at it. And they really need to turn a corner and they got to do it quickly because it's been that lack of development that has aided this just doldrums that they've been in the last couple of years. The All the 90 lost seasons is due in large part to the fact that because they are a team that prides themselves and really they have to base themselves on building from within, they haven't built from within, and it has shown. Well, that's kind of a bummer way to end the the Tuesday episode of the podcast, but let's just look at it this way. The Reds are 3-1 and one in their last four games, folks. We've got a series coming up with the Braves here at Great American Ballpark. We'll see if the Reds can take a couple of these games. If they keep winning series and turn them over 2-3 and three and 3-4, three and four, by the end of the month, they'll be right back at 500. And I believe they can do that. They've got the kind of talent to do it. I can't wait to watch tonight's game. Hope you'll be watching too. This is Locked on Reds, and my name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's episode. If you have not already, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app that you're using. And also check us out on social media at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked on Reds. Tomorrow's episode, we will recap Tuesday's game and also keep an eye out Later on this week, I've got Doug Gray coming on to the podcast. We're going to talk all things minor leagues. You better believe Nick Senzel is going to be talked about. And we're going to get into something that is a little bit confusing, at least to me. I mentioned it yesterday, that Super 2 thing. Doug knows about it. I don't. We're going to talk about it. So definitely make sure to check that out later on this week. Until then, go Reds, and I'll talk to you guys and gals tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.